0: Hello, welcome back to the Let's Talk About Movies podcast. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today to talk about <laughs> movies are two gentlemen from across the pond, across the United States, across the United Kingdom. Did I fuck that up? Is that is that geographically correct?
1: Um, I'm not sure.
0: United uh, Kingdom? Am I, am I fucking that up? Sure,
1: yes. Uh, you got that bit right. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a journey to get there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh Greg Gregory. Hello. Hello. How are you?
1: (laughs) I'm fine, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm great. Uh also Logan, hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. No, no, I'm happy to have you guys on. So these two gentlemen host a podcast called Jason Statham, where it's about you guessed it, bald action daddy Jason Statham and his career through Hollywood uh leading up to his his penultimate masterpiece the meg
2: yes thank you thank you for remembering what the goal of the podcast was (laughs) Uh, so we appreciate it deeply
0: logan and i met on uh on a recording of ghost of mars Uh, greg could not be there to join us so i want to give the floor to greg and talk a little bit about yourself the podcast and Um, why we're here today
1: uh well Uh, How I usually like to introduce our podcast is the fact that it started with, I think, five words? I can't really count. It was, I want to suck bold daddy. How many words is that? That's five? Uh, Yeah. I want
0: to suck
1: bold daddy. Is it? Yes. Oh, whatever. Okay. I barely passed maths. Um, Really? uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a weekly podcast where we uh, review... Uh, one ch- uh Jason Statham film, uh each week. Uh, we, uh we've been in the uh the rough period so far. Uh, but we uh should be hitting our stride. We're hitting a uh, crank soon, uh which is a a big one. Um, but yeah, it's basically just an excuse to catch up and chat for a couple hours, uh every week and ce- and celebrate and celebrate uh Bold Daddy himself, Jason Statham.
0: It's a great podcast. You should all check it out. Again, Logan Kenny's also here. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm very good. Thank you. Now, uh, we're going to pivot to you for a second because you chose the movie we're going to talk about today Brian De Palma's 2001 film, or 2000 film,
2: yeah, Mission to correct, Mars. Yeah, I apologize. I don't,
0: don't respect the Brian, man. I, um, I apologize. But um, uh, why did you pick this today?
2: Well, I mean, Greg was the one that suggested it in the chat, but I know he picked it because of how much I, partially because of how much I love it. Um, I was the one who introduced it to him. And I saw this movie back in 2017 for the first time. I got a cheap DVD from Amazon and I wanted to watch it because I was going through the Palma phase, put it on thinking, this will probably slap, not going to lie. And then I watched it and I like felt my soul leave my body for a bit. And like, I cried a lot and it's, it's left like a profound impact on me the last like year, year and a half two maybe two years. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact date, but I know it was 2017. Um, And it's just, it's lingered with me for a long time. And it is kind of what I think of when I think of, like, really emotional, introspective science fiction. And I love that shit. I've loved sci-fi my whole life. So it's a really, like, profound impact on me. And so when uh, talking about a movie that you're passionate about, that maybe a lot of people aren't particularly enthralled with or have even seen, I think Mission to Mars is one of the first that would come to mind. So it's a really good pick to talk about in this format. So, thank you for allowing us to talk about it.
1: This is a truly anomalous formation. It's unlike anything that we've seen so far. We're trying not to go too
2: nuts up here, but we think there's a good chance that this could be water. Of course, if that's correct, then
0: we may have found the key to permanent human colonization. Yes. Okay, we're ready to light this candle. Let's go to Mars. I am very glad you, you both brought this movie to my attention. Because I am a big De Palma fan. But I had never seen Mission to Mars. Uh, and I could see why people are not drawn to it. And I could also see why you wanted to talk about it. Because uh, it's great. And people should recognize that more. And I, I think I get why people were not drawn to it when it was released and why it's kind of been almost like this forgotten treasure of the De Palma Film Library, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe, he, maybe he's got some more I, hidden gems uh, laying around his more recent filmography, but I, I think this one's going to stand the test of time. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's classical filmmaking in a way that, like, like, if this exact movie came out in, like, say, 1980 or 1970... I think it would be a bona fide classic. I, I'm actually kind of shocked that there's not a bigger like fan base rallying around this movie. Yeah, me too, man. Like it's a constantly
2: shocking thing. Because like even like especially on like like scenes like Letterboxd, which kind of revived like the kind of more reviled movies from classical directors, like, you know, I, like the big Miami Vice cult and like which we're all a part of.
0: Oh yeah. yeah slash, of course. Miami Vice gang
2: yeah but it's like it's like it's, it's like on that on that site in particular and on like film twitter scenes like movies like mission to mars should be like like re even something like ai which is like i mean it wasn't reviled certainly grown in reputation over the years and i'm kind of shocked that mission to mars doesn't have the kind of same journey that something like ai yeah. does
1: yeah i think uh i'd guess uh at least part of uh some people's kind of maybe confusion or hesitance with the movie is it uh at least from what I've seen it's the most kind of restrained uh Brian Palmer's ever been in terms of direction. Like he does have a lot of his kind of hallmarks in there, like really long takes and there's like one scene with a split there after Uh but I mean it's not anonymously directed at all, but uh it's it is interesting to view it kind of in the filmography uh, of the director because it does kind of stand out. It does kind of feel like something he came to Like he had, I don't think he had really any involvement in development. Um, but he still kind of leaves his signature, which is kind of the sign of kind of the uh, tourist idea. The fact that he can come in and kind of make a Brian De Palma movie out of something that you wouldn't really expect from him. Kind of like how he did in like Mission Impossible, or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Um, there is something about how uh, like he he's restrained himself in a lot of senses, but I also think he's opened himself up um, in a lot of other ways. I think um, my favourite other De Palma movie, because this is my number one favourite Brian De Palma film, my second favourite is Carly Those Way. And there's weird similarities between them and how they open up like a form of empathy that De Palma doesn't really yeah Gain into, he's not like a nihilist or an he's not really like he's got some nihilistic tendencies like blowouts yeah. pretty bleak scarface uh but like he's never the most you'd never think of the palma as like cinema's great humanist you never no. think of that yeah no um, no he's more of a sleaze yeah. exploitation kind of kind of did like yeah. even in like more recent stuff like uh femme fatale and black dahlia they're fantastic in my opinion but like they don't really get into like the human side of the the people, not really. Even yeah, um, but Mission to Mars and Carlos' Way both really care about emotion. Like in Carlos' Way, it matters. Like see, because Carlos' Way kind of follows standard rise and fall gangster epics, and to a certain extent. But unlike maybe any other, you care if he falls because you've been built up to care about him. He's shown as a human being, not just, like, as a collection of gangster tropes. And De Palma's, like, filmmaking and his his approach to, like, how he implements music and how he implements the camera make you care about this character. And I think Mission to Mars is kind of an evolution of that. It is all empathy instead of any exploitation, Um, which does make it feel like it's clear that he did come on. Like, he didn't develop the project from the ground up, but he has clearly brought that fully empathetic edge to it because... Obviously, he was the chairman of the project. He was the director. And so you can't, like, view shots of this movie and not think that he really wants you to care about these people and he really wants you to care about what's happening. And you just it just kind of exudes through every frame of that movie. It's just compassion and, like, love for yeah. humanity, which is so weird, but I love it.
0: Yeah, do you think that's partly why it's kind of been, like, brushed aside? Because the Palma does have that sleazy... Yeah. Um, like, like over, you know? Like, that's what people are really drawn to with him. And, look, I, I would love to get, like, a sleazy space, like, thriller movie again, you oh, know? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, that's very rare. <laughs> Alien Covenant came out, like, two years ago, oh, now man. and that's, no, like... Yeah, man. Oh, man, yeah.
2: uh, have you seen uh, to Hell's Supernova? No. That is a disaster. Um, oh. But I think people can have a... Because qu- that was, like, it had, like, three different directors, and the cut is not finished at all. Um <laughs> But it's like, that's a sleazy sex uh, space film. And I feel they came around. They came out about the same time. And I feel like Mission to Mars and Supernova kind of got lumped together as kind of like space failures of the early 2000s. Along with like Red Planet with Val Kilmer. Like these, all, yeah. these movies all kind of got merged together. But like yeah. Yeah. Red Planet was like a generic like Val Kilmer joint. And Supernova was an unfathomable disaster. It's worth watching. Right. No, see. So, it's absolutely worth seeing, but it's a disaster. I,
0: I thought I had seen Mission to Mars, and what I was thinking of was Red Planet. Yep. And, uh... No, no, mm. no, not, mm. not crazy. Different
1: movies. <laughs> yeah, very, Red very.
0: Red Planet's not the best movie I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> no. It's uh, not the worst. Strong words. No.
2: I would say average.
1: Somewhere in between those two goalposts.
0: <laughs> oh well i mean like the last val kilmer film i revisited was uh was batman forever so it was kind of all downhill from there you know uh yeah i mean i
1: think that's logan's favorite batman movie.
0: oh really live action for sure
1: master phantasm is the best one yeah, yeah.
0: oh that Obviously. Was great, yeah.
2: but yeah, yeah. it's master i love please. i love batman forever i grew up with that uh i grew up with batman robin as well uh, but batman forever is better
0: Batman Forever I could kinda of, I could champion as like, you know, I think this works. Batman and I Robin run. I admire.
2: I, I, I still I, think Batman and Robin works, sorry. Uh, I, don't I don't want to they I don't, are I okay, look I'm known, I'm known for my hot takes. <laughs> it's not intentional, I swear. So I could go into detail about how I think they're better than the Nolan movies, but I'm not going to. I'm just gonna stay calm. Yeah. And pivot back to Mission I... to Mars. All right, there we go. That was a test and you passed. <laughs> one day, Diego, one day. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> uh, but, but Mission to Mars, on, on this show, let's talk about movies. We don't so much break down like the overall plot of the film. I want to talk about like the, the filmmaking, uh, which mm-hmm. we already kind of uh, touched on a little bit. Yeah. It is definitely more restrained, but I also want to talk about like the ideas in the film. Because mm-hmm. um, you, Logan, you mentioned the empathy as well, uh, and Greg mentioned yeah. the filmmaking had these really worked hand in hand together to um, yeah. to provide yeah. like this really touching uh, approach to to how people use science to, and uh, and these journeys as like a, like a higher calling, like almost like a spiritual awakening of yeah. some kind, uh, and I, that completely floored me because I basically knew only that this was a movie about a Mars space adventure. I didn't know anything else, so I came out the other side of this being like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah,
1: it's (laughs) it's
2: like jarring at first, honestly, the emotional stuff. Um, The thing thing that I think the film is mostly about, at least in terms of its ideas, is that it's about the contrast between the immediate effect of grief and the long-lasting implications of it. And I think that's clear in how it focuses on... Is it Gary Sinise? How do you pronounce his surname? Gary. G-
0: Gary Sinise. Sinise. Sinise.
2: Okay. Sinise. I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: that, that was a joke. I, I don't know if that's actually oh, true. God damn it, Diego!
1: I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it's Sinise, but Sinise. okay, uh, I have no idea. Gary. CSI I know you. His name is Gary. Guy.
2: Calling him Gary. So Gary's character is going through like long-term grief. He's lost his wife. He's lost her a while ago. The like the thing that she's not there anymore has completely sunk in, and he's yeah. not coping well with that. Um, and later in the movie, spoilers for Mission to Mars.
0: Oh yeah, uh, no, on this show, it's it's open, it's open season. For oh, spoilers. We're talking <laughs> about God. top to bottom.
2: Okay. Um, but like um, like halfway through the film, Tim Robbins uh dies. Um, he sacrifices himself in space so that his wife doesn't have to go and kill them both because he much she loves him. Um. And it focuses on her facial expression while, like, he's sacrificing himself, and she's just floored by devastation. And the, the camera cuts back to her a lot through the second half of the movie. Um, and that showed, and the, the immediate effect of grief. We're seeing uh, what we never saw from Gary, and we show how these people are differently affected by it. And especially how in the final scene of, like, um, she wants to go back to Earth because it hasn't really sank in yet. Like, the memories of like her husband are still on earth that's what I got from it anyway and Gary wants to go with the aliens because he can finally let go and find a higher purpose somewhere else a new home and he's got his memories finally he can finally embrace his memories which is really sweet to me
1: Yeah, I think the movie uh, kind of really shows a contrast between like rationality and irrationality like science is kind of meant to be this kind of pillar of kind of logic and uh, things always set in stone, but people aren't like that. People are messy and they kind of they do stupid things uh, and they love one another. And uh, um, I think this movie is kind of about using science uh, as a way of kind of reaching out and trying to find something better, kind of beyond kind of the material or kind of beyond what we know. Uh, right now, Um, like, whenever I talk about this movie, I uh, compare it to Contact, uh, two movies I love, and I think they're the two best movies I've seen about, kind of, science in a kind of humanistic way, like, how we use science, kind of, as an extension uh, of our, kind of, spirituality, or our, kind of, existential longing, like, The reason uh, Don Cheadle and Connie Nielsen go back to Earth is they have, uh, that's kind of their ideal at the moment, uh, whereas uh, Gary Sinise doesn't really have anything to go back to, Um, and he's kind of searching for a kind of new purpose now that he doesn't uh, really have anything on Earth, now that his wife's gone, um, and is kind of career isn't really what it used to be um so yeah so so he so he moves on to something that where he doesn't necessarily know what's what's there but that's kind of what science is it's kind of a a journey for discovery
2: yeah totally i think um also it's like to further what you were saying it's kind of like it shows scientists as people that are so in love with the idea of the human existence that they want to explore and see search out more about it like mm-hmm. almost instead of like a lot of the time in movies and in like culture at large science is portrayed as something very rigid it's like very people are like this is fact this is what it is and everything yeah. has to be in order there can't be anything beyond what we know, you know because Mysterious. science is everything whereas yeah. and this it shows science is something about mystery it's about what do we not know about yeah. finding what we don't know, out of love for the human being and out of love for the world around them, the universe. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's really optimistic, especially in a time where like science is kind of like looked down on a lot
0: by certain members of society. I <laughs> no, y- y- you you <laughs> could say it. We're very open in this podcast about how Fair we up. hate our government.
1: Are the initials D T? Yes. Perhaps. Also that,
0: you know, those right wing motherfuckers. Who yeah. cut
2: down, <laughs> cut budgets, and think that the world should just heat up so they can get more money? Um, but yeah. like, it's just, it's just, th- there's, it's something so optimistic about its viewpoint of science and about wonder. Yeah. And it, it does kind I, of show like the correlation between kind of like science and religion, and like either just even yeah. religion as like an organization, mm. but just like spirituality. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like and it's, kind of
1: mysticism.
2: Yeah, it's like there might not be anything like a god, but there's something more than just yeah. what we see. There's something, there's a greater meaning that we are not aware of, and yeah, we are going to try what... and spend our whole lives searching for it.
1: Uh, that's uh, what I really love about the ending, is the fact that you don't actually see what Gary Sinise is saying, you just get his reaction shot, and then that beautiful final shot of uh, the ship kind of going kind of into the cosmos. Uh, like, his friends are imagining kind of uh, what might be there, but uh, we're never gonna know. It's kind of it's a personal thing to him, and it's something that we might kind of discover in the future when we're ready, or when it's our time. Um, which I think is it, yeah, kind of highlights kind of this dichotomy between like science and kind of spirituality that the movie's getting at. Um, which is the fact that we don't necessarily know, but it's it's worth looking, I guess.
2: There's there's a thing with a lot of modern films, and I mean, by modern films I mean modern blockbusters, in that <laughs> they strip away uh, the journey in order for the destination. It starts, and then they kind of lie about plot points and shit to go into a rushed third act. There's no real, but like, it, journey. There's...
1: It's all plot, rather than... Oh, it's all, yeah. like,
2: mechanics instead of, like... Yeah people or characters um it's about the destination uh, it's not about the journey traffic i'm trying to think of a good example of this it's just kind of like sludge uh i don't want to rag on infinity war but infinity war kind of
0: very much feels like plot plot action conclusion there's nothing there's no yeah. meat on it to me you know uh, that was the first one i thought of and i was like no nah, i've been ragging on it too much in my podcast even <laughs> though i like it and then you said it and i was like yeah nah, nah, yeah that yeah. was the right call. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um or,
1: or like jurassic world where things just happen
0: yeah fallen kingdom is another one like that sorry oh no! sorry Diego. Fucked
2: no
1: no know. i get it i get it yeah no
0: th- i will i'll say that that movie works for me because of the director not because of the story well, he's my <laughs> so i can't i can't
2: defend oh that. i forgot but but yeah so back back to the point i was making it's just kind of like the it is not about people who I don't know if it's an audience thing or if it's just a corporate thing, but people seem less interested in the journey than the destination. Um, And I think Mission to Mars is really breathtaking in that it doesn't care about the destination. It's all journey. And it ends before you reach the destination because seeing it it would take away from what it is, what it means to you. The clearest scene in the movie to me is like when he is lying in the, the almost bed, the pool thing to transport him across space. And all yeah. the memories flash back. And he's, yeah. just, he's just these fragments of humanity. Just little grace notes that, like, a lot of movies with, like, if that was made, if this movie was made today, these grace notes wouldn't be implemented. They wouldn't be there. It's all these mm-hmm. little moments of life that make it worth a living. Like, the look on your friend's face, like, your wife at the altar just, like, holding hands, dancing, just your, your friend reading a book to his kid. Just all these stuff, like these memories just kind of flashing. And giving you a complete idea of a person, and I just think that's really yeah. special, and I think it's it's so crucial in showing that it doesn't matter what's on the other side, it matters what it's doing to him, like it's yeah. finally letting and- him have peace, no matter what's there
1: yeah we we only care about it to the extent that he does well like it only matters to us to the extent that uh it's kind of what Gary Sneas has been looking for, which is kind of a new path or a kind of new purpose now that he feels like there maybe uh, isn't one um, on the path he's currently on. Uh, which I think is, I, I feel like his performance is, I don't want to say distant, but there's a definite kind of melancholy and kind of sadness to him and Tim Robbins, I think, as well, which might have been part of uh, some people's disconnect with the movie is it it is kind of deliberately paced in a way and it does it is exciting but it it's never kind of um kind of cheaply thrilling i guess
2: i think it is kind of like distanced in like presentation and performance until tim robbins dies and then it becomes very emotive Mm -hmm. by everyone um like um that scene in particular is one of the best scenes De Palma's ever filmed. Um, the way it builds tension in every kind of movement of space is just—it's outra- yeah, like it does what it does what like Gravity did without the f- effects. Like it's just it's just pure like, like genius filmmaking mm-hmm. and performing. Yeah. Um, I'm not to rag on Karan more. I've done my part on that. I'm Just saying, <laughs> De Palma doesn't need to react on re- rely on visual effects to get his work done. Um, but yeah so he just it builds tension with every kind of like single action and then the realization in your head and like the viewer's mind what well, he cannot be saved like yeah. and and back to what you were saying about rationality versus irrationality like his tim Robbins' wife connie nielsen who is like a genius scientist in her own respect knows that she won't have enough fuel but she tries to go anyway because she loves someone so much that she can't bear a prospect where they're not there in her life anymore, um, and like the the tension that builds up as like the cable goes, for, like she reaches out the cable for him and it gets so close and then it just it's just that, that amount away and he can't reach it, and then that that knowledge that sinks in that he is not making it out of this movie alive, this is <laughs> his moment. Um, uh, I, I think I think that's when the emotions start kicking is when he removes the helmet. Um, and that point on, cause it focuses on her face and it focuses on Gary's and Jerry O'Connell's and they all just feel such devastation that they can't quite like muster, like the words to speak about. And then it transitions into Don Cheadle. And when Don Cheadle finds out that dude's just fucking floored, he's devastated. And then that, then the movie is all kind of about feeling it's less about process and more about emotion. That's what, that's yeah. my take anyway.
0: Oh no, I, I love that. I think, uh, something that really also caught me off guard with the film is that so many films and just storytelling in general, I don't want to like rag on a specific medium. Uh, death kind of seems like the end all be all, you know, when you lose someone, it, it is hard, but in, in movies that some occasionally seems to be the finite point of a story. Yeah. You know, there's no exploration of what, what that means. And, and like you've been saying, it, it, the film is, is about how we process that. But I think it's yeah. also a reminder that there's life, after that for people,
1: you know, yeah. and
0: sometimes it, there are very tragic circumstances where people can't move on, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to no fault of their own. And, and um, it, it's hard to move past it. And so uh, that, yeah. that, that that's sad in, in, right. in its own right as well. But this, this movie makes her to focus on people who who can still live, can still survive, can still explore new things you know gary's character at the end of course shoots shoots off with with the uh, with the martians yeah and, and he, he might not.
2: choosing to go back home
0: yeah well. they, they could still live it won't be easy It sure shit won't be easy but they will still exist and they will still explore yeah, new I, things that I, they would never have been able to experience I,
2: yeah agreed I, I think i think a lot of hollywood movies are afraid of exploring death i'm sorry greg i'll let you talk in a minute i promise (laughs) um i think a lot of hollywood movies are afraid of exploring death because like people want happy endings people want resolutions um and i think again that's another reason this might not have done so well is because it doesn't really offer resolutions it just offers the hope that there might be something better there's their hope that there is catharsis out there but like this movie a lot of movies just don't want to explore death and that's strange because Death is a constant throughout our lives, and it's something that everyone thinks about like everyone thinks about the prospect of their own death and the prospect of their loved ones dying, and everyone will experience grief or some form, and everyone will die and it's It's almost refreshing and comforting to show a movie that focuses about like the instant of death and also about how people cope with it because it can help yeah. us while we're yeah. alive to cope with death and also accept it that it will happen to us at some point, but know that we can still have a tangible effect on those we leave behind, like the memories of Gary. Like Tim Robbins is still there. His wife's still there, even though they're gone now. They're somewhere else. And I think that's really beautiful. Greg, now you can go.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Logan. Um, You're welcome. uh, I was... What was I saying? I think something that's really crucial to uh, making this movie work as well as it does um, is the fact that these people know each other and, like, they have a long history together. And uh, I really love the early scenes on Earth where it's just these people hanging out and just talking like normal people and joking around. And uh, you co- you really get a sense of, like, each of them and kind of their inner lives. Even the people who, like, die immediately, like the Russian guy, you kind of immediately get a sense of who he is. Um, but it's especially true of, like, Tim Robbins, uh you've kind of been with him for like about an hour of the movie uh and you see uh, the fact that it's such a kind of uh tight knit group of people makes kind of the sacrifices uh and the fact that uh, Gary Sneeze leaves um and the kind of the hope that um the others have for him because they they want him to be happy and kind of look on their faces when they see him kind of go on to somewhere that might potentially be best for him um, I did not think you'd have that if they, um, if they were just kind of a ragtag group that was kind of brought together and uh, kind of had to kind of adapt to the situation and learn to work together uh, kind of in a time of crisis like these are kind of old friends um, I think that's where a lot of the power of the movie comes from is kind of the the relationships between people and the fact that their their wants and desires are kind of so kind of clear um, without ever kind of feeling kind of forced.
2: Yeah, it has a dynamic that a lot of these space adventure movies don't. Um, I
1: yeah. say space yeah, adventure, it's like but it's not family. really a
2: space adventure. But it is like, <sighs> it's like, it's um, like, yeah, it is, it's like, it's almost like Mass Effect and the closest approximation i can't whereas by the end of like say mass effect 3 you've formed a relationship about like 60 hours or more of gameplay with some of the people in your crew so like going into like a final war with them means something because you're t- constantly afraid that you're going to lose them or and th- and then there's also a comfort in gameplay of like having someone with you like that even if they're just like a virtual avatar but you've spent that time with them and so in your heart and your brain really recognizes there's some comfort there. And Mission to Mars creates that with the viewer, like having an hour with these people before things go wrong. Um, and uh, within the characters, they've spent so much time with each other that there's this comfort there. Uh, it matters when they die, but it also gives them the strength to keep going even when shit does go wrong. And yeah. a, weird, a weird comparison uh, is Tony Scott's Men on Fire, which spends a lot of the time of the movie doing preamble before anything goes fucking wrong. It's like, it's yeah. an hour, a straight up an hour of Denzel bonding with the of Fanning. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, taking her to swim meets and shit. And it's compelling because it's well-acted and well-directed. Love it. Um, but it means that when everything goes to wrong, it feels like you've just lost your kid. You feel like Denzel. You feel like you've just lost someone you love. And you feel the rage and understand why Denzel's just blowing up people with bombs up the ass like you yeah. get it you understand <laughs> and there's something like that in Mission to Mars about how it takes the time to forge relationships to show us relationships as an audience and then how that how like dissolving them can affect everyone that's still left trying to pick up the pieces really sad movie but it never feels like bleak
0: yeah it's never depressing it's it's, it's, it's an emotional experience
2: it's sentimental but not in an yeah. exploitative and- or insincere way
1: yeah, 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 helps that it ends on hope. Like it, it ends not necessarily hap happily, but there's a there's a chance for these people to kind of move on from this. Um, something I was gonna say is that um, I think the writing uh, and pretty much all of the performances are um, really spectacular. Apart from Jerry O'Connell, who I <laughs> I don't love in this movie. <laughs> um he's the only one who kind of feels like he's playing a type and he feels like he's really dopey <laughs> in a few line readings i don't think he i don't think he's bad i i feel like he's kind of working on a different wavelength to uh the other people i think he um, kind of
2: um i think there's some nuances in his performance actually um like uh because like initially he has kind of conveyed his like the kind of flirtatious kind of panicky one. Is like the kind of comic relief of the group um but yeah. after tim robbins dies he seems like he's doing it as a coping mechanism and i got that through like the panic of his jokes and like and yeah. especially in the scene where he's Maybe. like um he's waiting for them to come through again he can't hear from them and he's just yeah. so afraid of being alone like that really hit me like he is yeah. kind of overplaying it at points but like it's not yeah. something that bothered I... me it actually kind of felt like like diego said earlier something that would be in like a 1980 or 1970 version of this movie It It, feels uh, like family. It feels like that little cousin you have that doesn't shut the fuck up. Uh, It's annoying sometimes, but you love them. Here, I'm going to go for... You'd be broken.
0: I'm going to go for a deep pull here and say it reminded me of uh, the late, great Bill Paxton as uh, Hudson and Aliens. Mm -hmm. In the sense that, yeah, like, (laughs) in the literal sense, he probably is what we'd consider overacting, but given what the character's going through, it's it's like... uh, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. Uh, like, of course, they're like they're overreacting to everything. They're trying to grasp onto like just something, anything yeah. that's like tangible in their emotion. Yeah. Expressing yeah. it with their emotions is kind of the only yeah. way they can do that.
2: Yeah, everyone uses coping mechanisms uh, when dealing with grief, um, and I think Hez is just going into the thing that he does for everything, which is trying to make <clears throat> jokes and be a dickhead.
1: Well, Aliens is a lot broader than <laughs> this movie. Um, no, that that's also um, true. Yeah. And it's not very good. No. Oh my I
0: god. What the fuck, guys? The alien movie. I you think guys it's... can't just drop this. On
1: my... <laughs> I think it's fine. I think it's, a, I think it's like a three, three and a half star movie. I, I it one like one. it.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> what's happening? I nearly, I nearly fell asleep. I didn't finish the movie. Oh my god. I'm look, sorry. Look. No, no, here, here's the thing. I love it. I it is not what the alien franchise is or needs to be and it's not even in like my top three so i i i, just, I, my, my thing I, like, is I don't
1: i properly like two alien movies i like and, all of the uh,
2: aliens i think
1: and one of them is alien vs Predator. <laughs> oh if we get oh, my... alien Predator not <laughs> well i i guess i like aliens kind of
2: i like Alien three i've only seen the furniture cut which i like a lot um i like parts of alien resurrection i think that's fun it's bad but it's fun. I love Prometheus and Alien Covenant. And I love Alien vs Predator. I don't love Aliens. And I haven't uh, seen the second Alien vs Predator. I have so many mixed you are emotions not right missing now. Out. <laughs> I my my favorite is uh, the, the original and then it's Covenant and then it's yeah. Prometheus.
1: Well, we have the same number 1. I love uh, the, it's weird cuz <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to get into Covenant cuz I think it sucks. I don't oh really my god.
2: She's like, I we've had this argument Diego he's wrong. No, he is, yeah.
1: yeah. Basically what Matt says about it, I agree with. Why would oh you agree God. with
2: Matt ever? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I rarely do, to be fair. But, but
2: also, but like, um, I love, it's weird because I don't really care for Ridley Scott a lot. Um, Tony, way better. Um, But I just love his alien movies for some reason. Like, I think they're his best movies. It's that and Blade Runner and The
0: Counselor are the best Ridley Scott movies. Well, here, um, to, to bring it back to, to Mission, Mission to, Mars, to Mars, I think why, almost across the board, the Alien movies, I know the, pre- the Alien, Prometheus prequels are kind of a mixed reception, but generally people have liked them, I'd say. I, I feel comfortable saying that, uh, along with his first Alien and Blade Runner, even. Uh, yeah. His, his sci-fi <laughs> stuff, I think, really is, draws people because he, he approaches it from the human element, like, like these <laughs> organisms and like mm-hmm. these industrial environments or like these biomechanical... Environments, even if the mm-hmm. the characters aren't. the
1: approaches cover them from a human perspective. No, 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 I, I,
0: I, was, I was getting to there. Even, I if, think does. Is, even if the, the humans doesn't. are not the, the direct focus, the story is about like, Cove, how, how their environment. Like... No, done. it's
1: not. It's unbelievably nihilistic.
0: Which is it's why nihilistic. it works. It's weirdly humanistic because and nihilistic.
1: It... No, it is just... slaps. This is lunacy. It's
0: nihilistic yeah. to the point. It it is because it's trying to like show how important these people were to each other, and how in that cold vacuum of space they've created for themselves with like creating life and not knowing what to do with it, they they've I mean, made it harder to survive
1: of, for themselves. I mean, so if I you have got a sense of anyone's relationship I, to one another. Uh, Not wait, played by the the Michael Fassbender,
2: then, sure. The Catherine Waterston looking at, like, the photos of James Franco, like, after he dies, and, like, the Danny McBride stuff with his wife, and the panic and his like. Okay,
1: yeah. Danny McBride's good in it. And his wife is good. And
2: then it gets up, and or even, like, Billy Crudup dealing with his wife. And it's like, there is empathy in there, and then it's just sure. the Scott being it like, very... fuck you, everyone's dead now. And I'm like, you know what, I respect it. it's at least least interesting nihilism like it's like oh there is human there is human beings here they all have relations here they don't matter in the cosmic sense of things because there's a big fucking alien it's gonna kill you all
1: yeah and the whole uh, whole third act sucks
0: (laughs) and they've created hell for themselves and by creating david yeah yeah. like human beings have
2: like they've cursed themselves by a series of bad decisions and like Mm -hmm. thinking that they can create Another race to be subservient to them. Uh, it's like it's a combination of that. There is genuine human relations there, but like the consequences of their actions as a species and as individuals have just had them get ripped apart. I just it's cool. lost. But back to a good movie. Stop being better, Greg.
0: It's, good. it's bad. <laughs> no, you no a what good are... movie like Mission to Mars. Uh, Alien Covenant and Mission to Mars would make a great double feature because they are the flip side of the same coin. COVID yeah, there's mission to <laughs> Mars is about strictly empathy. Yeah, and they yeah. they both One have kind good. of the same ending, but in like a very different, yeah, for de- very different purpose. Yeah, they do have the same ending. Yeah. <laughs> Hell is no idea, boss.
2: Prepare to abandon ship.
1: <laughs> I said I wouldn't talk about cover because it makes me angry.
2: We once got lost in Edinburgh because he kept yelling me, at me about we did...
1: No, we got lost uh, because I thought I was following you and you thought I was no, you thought you were following me <laughs> I, didn't, I Why would I, thought I know we where the just... hotel was? I thought we were just walking around there <laughs> We um, ended up but... like halfway across town <laughs> 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 It wasn't too bad It was like a kilometre from where we were meant to be and uh luckily re- we realize i was like it took we, a while because we were yelling about
2: we, we were yelling about covenant we were yelling about Good story, <laughs> we were yelling about dunkart
0: yeah. all
2: of it, <laughs> i like one of those and i don't like the others but anyway uh mission to mars um
0: Miss, mission to edinburgh now
2: yeah come to edinburgh <laughs> diego
0: <laughs>
2: i i got it at some point
1: we pro i promise brandog did it it was great <laughs> we stand brandog yeah, we do. This is a brand Dodge support
0: podcast. Anyway, <laughs> what I was
2: going to say earlier before we got <laughs> sidetracked was like, um, like we mentioned earlier, there's this stuff about De Palma not really from the rest of his filmography it doesn't seem like a natural fit for him to make this movie. But she's so at least on paper. He, yeah. yeah, on paper, but he feels on, so in sync with every creative element. Like the the writing and his direction seem to like bounce off each other perfectly, like I don't know if that's him adapting to the script or him like contrasting the script with his own like like stylistic and thematic attempts, but it just feels so seamless. Like it feels like he could have created it from the ground up. It feels like he could have just wrote this movie himself uh, because it feels so natural. None of it feels forced or stretched at all. Uh, Like even with stuff like AI. Uh, which kind of feels conflicted between like the Spielbergian and Kubrickian. Like that kind of like the the roots of these two different filmmakers' ideological strengths as filmmakers. This is not an insult or a compliment, by the way. I have no feelings on AI that I want to share. I'm just (laughs) saying that it has these kind of like conflicted things at the core, which is why a lot of people I think are drawn to it. But Mission to Mars doesn't have that struggle. It is very seamless. It is very everything in service of the human spirit. Like everything yeah. together to focus yeah. on like telling a story that could make people feel better about being alive.
1: Yeah, I think that is a credit to the screenplay as well. Um, just the fact that like the characters are so clearly defined without ever kind of falling into types. Well, well, only occasionally falling into types, I guess. Um, and yeah, everyone's goals are very clear, um, and it's just like incredibly well paced because it's it's not necessarily a fast movie, but I think, like, it takes its time with key um, kind of set pieces, like when they're trying to get to the thing to uh, land on Mars, like like it kind of shows the process in an almost kind of 2001-y way, where you see kind of each incremental step of kind of the procedure of what they have to go through. Um, but it, it's not but it's different in the fact that you actually kind of care uh, about these people and you want them to succeed. Um, although that, that's not a slight against 2001, they're very different in their aims. Um.
2: I'm not getting into 2001 Discord. No, 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 <laughs> Logan, no. <laughs> uh,
1: but I, uh... My take is it is good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really uh, like uh, the point you just made,
2: I Greg. saw it in 70mm.
0: Oh my god.
2: Um... In a specially projected theater, uh, that knows what they're doing. And I watched it, and then I left at the end,
0: and that's it. I have. No Anyways, on that movie. I I think why <laughs> Brian De Palma is such a great filmmaker in the long run is because he knows when to restrain his style. Like, there's always so many discussions about like, well, is it does a director have good like interesting style? Is a is a director more restrained? And the answer is, it depends on the fucking project. Because you idiots, yeah. there's not like a cover all answer. Art's more complicated guess, than that.
2: <laughs> I guess like people like uh, Scorsese and De Palma can very—they're—they're fl- they're the first to come to mind from that kind of new Hollywood era. They can very fl- easily like fluctuate themselves to what the script requires the most, while bring some dink to it. Like they shape their projects undeniably, but they know how to like uh, rein themselves back. When necessary, like for yeah. example, it's wild that Hugo was right before The Wolf of Wall Street, right? Like, <laughs> but if you look at like the <laughs> idiosyncrasies of the filmmaking, like you can tell, oh, that's Martin Scorsese, but he's clearly doing very different things. And De Palma yeah. is kind of similar, like like Femme Fatale came out after Mission to Mars, and that shit is wild, um, and that's unrestrained De Palma, but he's clearly decided to hold back a little and channel his talents and his 30-year history of filmmaking into something a little bit different, a little bit special, in a kind of otherworldly way. And I think that's like a sign of a really great filmmaker. Um, also, it's kind of like um, there's some wrestlers that work the same match over and over again, and then there's other wrestlers that adapt to the people they're working with to tell an interesting and unique story with those wrestlers. And I think that the Palma is like the latter of those wrestlers like he can take a script and he can work with it to bring out the best of his potential while showing something unique about himself in the in the long run i love the palma just uh, i just i i i think that mission to mars is kind of like the trend i think if this movie even came out in the early 90s it would be better received um because it's just like it's such humanistic sci-fi uh, and at that point like special effects were becoming more of an important thing because it's like the CGI boom was coming batman was flopping everything was kind of in a ray from the transition to the 21st century and i just think that people don't didn't really want to go yeah. see a humanistic movie about people finding solace and something that yeah. has been aff- has been feared by humans for our entire existence
1: that's something i wanted to talk about was the special effects um in the fact that um i think in this kind of period from like like 95-ish to, like, the early 2000s, um, CGI was in a place where, uh, when you look back at it now, um, like, if you look at kind of the um, the scene, kind of once they get into the uh, mountain, um, like, the projections and stuff don't look kind of photorealistic, but I think it adds to um, an almost expressionistic uh kind of beauty like if you like again like compare it to something like contact in uh when uh she goes to receive the message um and it doesn't necessarily look real um but the kind of slightly kind of fluid uh kind of lucid aesthetic um is it kind of accentuates kind of the unreality and the kind of spiritual um Uh, Kind of basis on which the kind of images are being used like those are both kind of projections of someone's kind of Desires or it's something they need so the fact that it feels slightly Fantastical the fact that it doesn't necessarily feel grounded in a reality that you would get Practically, I think that kind of adds to it rather than just feeling like kind of dated or um kind of artificial in a negative way
2: i think there's something uh like what you said there's something of an abstract conception of what yeah. these beings look like and i think of a movie like this was made today not to like insult <laughs> progressions of cgi or anything but i think it would be made to look more humanistic more photorealistic is like what you said it would look like it was designed by human beings this looks like it wasn't this yeah. looks like it just kind of was there it, it does be, look it was alien. Like it just Created. It looks like it's from another yeah. realm. It looks like what you imagine as yeah. a kid the aliens look like. And there's something it's something it's almost childlike in how it's designed. It feels like it was designed yeah. by someone with imagination of what <laughs> another <laughs> realm would look like. Um and this is not I wasn't even an intended to dig. I'm sorry, CGI people today. <laughs> you get paid way too little for too much work, and I hope you get unionized <laughs> soon. Uh, but like yeah. it's just it's tra- it's 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 just there's something so beautiful about how it, you look at an alien like that, and you take it completely seriously, and you feel the emotions, even though it doesn't look like anything like we've ever seen or ever will see, or even look particularly yeah. good by yeah. modern standards.
1: Yeah, that alien is a cutie, though. When it came on, I was like, "Oh, yeah, he seems like a nice guy."
2: I guess uh, <laughs> one of my biggest critiques, a lot of the time, is people giving movies shit for having bad visual effects, um, even if like mm. the filmmaking's good like because i just like if if there is like a thematic idea and emotional attachment as powerful as mission to mars has yeah. it's kind of shitty yeah. to put all the focus on oh the alien doesn't look good oh the dr pepper in space looks bad i'm like <laughs> they were in 2000 the, good. <laughs> the filmmaking's good
1: i i did like the product placement of the uh dr pepper and the m ms though uh, like the dr pepper just just fl- <laughs> It just floats through, like, directly towards the camera perfectly, so you get the full Dr. Pepper logo uh, as it travels across the spaceship. We unlock the secrets of our creation through M&Ms. Yeah,
2: I just, I want to imagine <laughs> De Palma doing, like, a Dr. Pepper He's just being like, Dr. Pepper, don't know what it tastes like, but it so I can make some more fucking movies. Yeah, just...
1: yeah like Domino 2019. I'll wait. Yeah. Black. 89 minutes
2: everyone who's seen it says it's not finished <laughs> brock anyway um,
0: rent domino uh, may 31st 2019 i am there
2: <laughs> i'm day one projecting it on my laptop but yeah, it's uh, just. Uh, I guess there's just. Uh, I was. I was gonna say something, and I'm thinking about Brian De Palma advertising M Ms. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all I can think about now. Well, but, uh, like the, this episode will be released the week of Domino to to hype oh, up. Oh, okay. So everyone get get ready. Hopefully, get there's something get, there. Get, get that works out.
1: <laughs> like, like I was thinking, this is like the most random film to choose, like some obscure 2000. Like sci-fi movie, but no, that actually works quite well in programming. I, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> I'm glad.
2: I'm glad to hear we fit into your schedule with this pick. Um, but it's just, oh god, I just I can't stop. I just. Oh my god, Brian! Please advertise M and M's for the company. I beg you.
0: Um, well, here, maybe we should start winding down then, because uh, yeah. I think Greg needs to go. Survive. Yeah,
2: I, I just, I think I have.
0: have yeah. there's, I, I just I
2: think a lot about Don Cheadle at the start reading Treasure, uh, Treasure Island with his son, and the first thing that Gary oh, says yeah. to him to make him remember who he is is that you're reading Treasure Planet with your son, Treasure Island with your son, not Treasure <laughs> Planet 2002. Um, <laughs> Treasure Island. <laughs> I have not seen Treasure Planet. It's just always in my watch list. Uh,
1: Treasure Planet fucks. I'm sure, I'm waiting He's to saying. watch
2: it with my partner because they love it.
0: Um oh, so, oh yeah, my god Logan you'd love it.
2: I know I would. Yeah. That's why I'm waiting. But yeah, it's just like he's thinking about that interaction and it's what snaps it Don cheeto back into reality. Just he's got something to go home for. Um mm. cuz he's yeah. going to finish that book with his son. Um it's just something so like that yeah. just a little gesture kind of like made me cry uncontrollably.
1: Yeah. That that really solidifies like The kind of central idea of the movie which is just human connection like even kind of across space and time like uh the relationships you have with people are kind of the defining thing like they define your behavior and they define your decisions and if you've lost something uh like as huge as like your partner like the person you thought you're going to spend the rest of your life with like having to deal with that person not being there anymore like that that just feels kind of cosmic in in and of itself. Like that's such a huge thing to deal with. Um I think that's what sci fi does better than almost uh any other genre, is kind of dealing with like these huge ideas and themes and emotions uh in a in a not necessarily metaphorical way, but in a kind of less literal way than something more grounded.
2: It's amplifying uh everything show that the emotions at heart feel even more real. It's, so, it's such yeah. a strange thing. But everything is bigger so the feelings are even like more personal and stronger. Because like even in the grand cosmos these people are still dealing with the things that everyday humans deal with. And that makes us feel like what we're going through is valid, almost. Like you see yeah. like a fucking yeah. astronaut millions of miles away struggling with grief. And it makes you feel less bad that you haven't gone over the loss of your aunt from years ago like it makes you feel better mm. almost feel comforting that you're not going through this alone i think another thing the movie does really well is it makes you feel like you're not alone um, not alone in the world not alone in feeling low not not alone not alone in struggling or yeah. not alone in like companionship it's a very much a movie about everyone is going through similar things that you are you do not need to be isolated and you have there are people in your life that love you and care about you and yeah. they'll be there for you when you're struggling, and you'll be there for yeah. them. And there is something primal and so beautiful about that.
1: I think that's a good place to end. It. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I can't, I can't course. top that. <laughs>
0: Score some laps.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's
1: fucking great.
0: Bucks.
2: See the, see the, see when they go into like the white realm, like when they enter there, and then the music kicks into like the, the the cosmos of yeah. like, the black room. That score yeah. alone was like this. Feels like seeing yeah. God. Morricone. Yeah, like that's just that's maybe it's might be my favorite score of his. Honestly, that it just makes me sob.
1: Yeah, I love the once Once Upon a Time in the West one as well. Uh, but it's such a good score.
2: Morricone is the,
1: he's the fucking man. Yeah.
2: The music, <laughs> the, I think it works because like, the music could have easily been like dreary or like stripped back, or just kind of in the background, but like when the when the realm opens and you see the universe expanding in front of you you feel like you're you're there too you feel like the sounds alone make you feel yeah. like you're witnessing it, something special it is
1: really operatic and kind of grand um yeah it's an amazing school.
0: thank you yeah <laughs> this was great fun i'm glad yeah, that yeah, no, you saw I, this movie yeah, thank yeah i'm i'm glad i saw it too yeah
1: thank you yeah i, I love this movie and it was great to talk about it in detail, because uh, there's a lot, lot to talk about. Yeah, and also I mean, alien a, uh, <laughs> at
0: one point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah. So, Greg, why don't you go ahead and let the people know where they could find you? Uh, and um, obviously, of course, really quick, Chase and Statham. Check out Chase and Statham, uh, Greg and Logan's yeah. podcasts. Yeah, um, please, please, it's awesome, it's terrible, and funny, but we love it. No, no, it's <laughs> it's great. Don't don't undersell. You don't have to undersell yourselves, your guys. It, it's it's good. Don't be humble.
1: Right, uh, Thank We you. have
2: a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I think I think that comes across
0: that we're having fun.
1: My Twitter is at Greg Hultena, but I don't really use it at all, other than to kind of see what everyone else is doing. Um, so. I'd recommend you follow the uh Chase and Statham account, which is chasing without the G Safem. Yeah. Uh which can be a little confusing, but um I think it, it makes the the Jason Staphem chasing works. The G kinda gets in the way. Yeah, I think that was the
2: uh, honestly the G makes the word look worse as well, so it's, it's fine. It's a good yeah. it's a good set. We're selling <laughs> yeah. on a good word there. Chasing with a G yeah. is dumb. Chasing without the G rocks. Cool word. Yeah, uh, you follow sucks. me at Logan One. Please get me to like more than the amount of followers I have, because I keep losing like five <laughs> followers every day, and I'm just like, I don't want to mm. go below like 2,300 again. <laughs> uh,
1: if you like wrestling, uh, if you like wrestling, follow Logan.
2: Love me. I don't tweet about anything
0: yeah. else anymore. I'm a, I'm a bitch
1: but um, thank you Diego I need to get food <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. go ahead uh, thank, thank you guys again for joining me uh, like and subscribe if you listen, If uh, you enjoyed this episode if you didn't like it like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like links down to Patreon down below along with everything else we mentioned thanks for listening thanks for watching we have been professionally unprofessional for centuries we've searched for the origin of life on earth
1: Been looking on the wrong planet.